0: What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, it's Monday, so it's crossover time with Sully Baseball discussing how the Shane Bieber injury affects the trade market. Are the Angels really going to trade Shohei Otani discussing some of the best destinations for him and why it has gone so bad in Los Angeles and so much more on today's Lock on Diamondbacks podcast. (laughs)
1: backs your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade. And once a week, I do a crossover with Locked on Diamondbacks, which means my co-host for today is...
0: Miller Thomas, host of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. You catch me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks on Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. Because for the YouTube audience, if you see different background for me today, because this is the hometown crossover for Sully and I, both of us, back in our hometowns as we, you know, grew up in as little children. Little kids.
1: Well, for me, not as little kids. I'm in the house where I was up during my high school <laughs> yeah. years in Palo Alto. My As a little kid, I was in Massachusetts, but then we moved to Palo Alto. And then this is the house that my, is still my mother's house up here in Palo Alto. Uh, by the way, this episode of Locked On MLB and Locked On Diamondbacks is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being the perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Motors. Guaranteed fit ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit is available only to us customers sorry canada eligible items only exclusions apply yeah we're i'm up here in the bay area and i'm in my mom's home for the next few weeks you're in jersey where where, where did you is back
0: in central jersey Central Uh, Jersey for the people out there. I don't know if I got any New Jersey's out there. Yeah, Central Jersey, because there's a whole debate, Central, North, South. Central Jersey does exist for the people out there who care about the East Coast debate. I know it's probably like 3% of y'all, but the people who do care, Central Jersey does exist.
1: Are you near Princeton? Are you you kind of near Princeton at all, or am I...
0: Yeah, kind of near it's like 35 minutes. Okay. You know, we hang out okay. there sometimes. Okay. We got some really Hello. nice restaurants out there.
1: <laughs> trying to get the trying to get the ballpark. Anyway, hey, um, before we get going here, uh, we had a trivia question, and because I did two episodes back to back, the the trivia question kind of bled over to the next one. Uh so we had uh the question was who is the only pitcher in baseball history with 200 wins and 150 saves? And I said that when I saw that trivia question, I actually got it wrong. So that may be an interesting trivia question. And a bunch of you did get it right. Uh, Craig Brindle, who, uh, who is my go-to getting it right all the time, did indeed get it right. Court uh, Stell, you got it right. Um, Chris Bonner, another listener. Uh, Kyle King. Uh, a couple of Bill Jacobson. We got a bunch of people uh, because it was on there for a couple of days. Uh, Amy Green, who's always got some right. I got Craig and Amy Green going head to head in trivia. The answer, let me, let me throw it to you, Billard. Who is who is the only player with 200 wins and 150 career saves?
0: Man, I, you know, I, I feel like the answer is probably on the tip of my tongue, but I don't got one right now and I don't want to sound dumb on the podcast. So I'm not even going to guess. So what is the answer, Sully?
1: I guess Dennis Eckersley, because he was an Mm all-star starter for a long time, then became an elite closer. But the answer was John Smoltz. And John Smoltz obviously had many, many years as a dominant starting pitcher. And there was a period of time after he had an injury at the beginning of the 2000s that they convert. He missed the entire 2000 season. And they brought him back as a relief pitcher. And it turns out he was really good as a relief pitcher. And then they converted him back to being a starting pitcher. There's one of the great ironies uh, about that Braves run uh, because they had three Hall of Fame starting pitchers, Greg Mm -hmm. Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz. Greg Maddox was not on the team when they won the pennant in 91, 92, but by the time he arrived in 93 as a free agent in – one of the uh, the three greatest free agent signings of all time Braves signing Greg Maddox Diamondback signing Randy Johnson Giants signing Barry Bonds those are the three greatest free agent signings in history in my humble opinion and when you know Maddox came over and he Yeah and and there I mean there are other great ones to be sure um but that one to those three are the ones where what they brought to the team like for the excellence over the, the next decade or so was so astonishing um but the the problem with when you know they went on that great run that they played, and I have to phrase this carefully, they played in every postseason between 1991 and 2005. There was a year where there was no postseason because of a strike. So they played in every postseason from that stretch and they only won the World Series once. Because they played Cleveland. Um, but a lot of people, if you look at many of those years, there was always a critical meltdown of their closer. And they went through closers like Kleenex. And like it was every year, with the exception of Mark Wollers, who had a very good year as a closer. That was the one year that they clinched the World Series. But the next year, Woolers you know, had a meltdown in the World Series. And the ironic thing is they had John Smoltz, who turned out to be a wonderful closer. And I have made the case that in a lot of those years – don't worry. We'll get to the topics we planned for in a second. In many of those years, their number four starter was as good as most people's ace or number two starter. They had Charlie Liebrandt. They had Steve Avery. They had Denny Nagel. They had Kevin Millwood. They had all these players who would be like the ace of another team, and he was buried as the number four starter on Atlanta. And I have said that if they had gone the entire year, Glavinmatic Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, and then when they got to the postseason, have their number, have that solid pitcher go in the number three hole, and John Smoltz be the closer, I think they would have won a couple more World Series. I have no evidence to back Better that up, that except, be- the, <laughs> except the fact that John Smoltz turned out to be a spectacular closer. You know.
0: That would have been incredible. The two guys that I was thinking of as potential answers was Ryan Dempster and Derek Lowe, just because I knew they both split time between starting Derek Lowe is a great answer.
1: Derek Lowe is a really great answer because Derek Lowe, by the way, had one of the strangest careers I've ever seen in my life because as a Red Sox fan following Derek Lowe, every single time I felt like I could count on him, he would fall apart. And every time I totally Mm -hmm. gave up on him, he became an all-star. There was no rhyme or reason to Derek Lowe's career. And it was so appropriate, his final appearance as a Red Sox was winning the game that clinched the World Series. And and then he left as a free agent. I said, good, I want that to be my last memory of him. My last memory, quit when we're ahead. (laughs) he wound up going to Los Angeles. Go out on top. Yeah, go out on top. Hey, uh, speaking of pitchers and teams maybe going out on top, uh, Shane Bieber, who is the ace of yeah. the Cleveland Guardians, is on the injured list right now. And with that move, now look at—he's put to the ten-day IL. But you know, it's not; those are never—you know—it's it's rarely, um, you know, steadfast. Okay, they'll be back in exactly ten days. Um, uh, up until that point, there were a lot of rumors about Shane Bieber being on the trade block even though Cleveland was in first place by themselves during the all-star break. Um, as we record this Cleveland, is two games under 500, but only one game back in the loss column of first place. Uh, in some ways I think this is going to help Cleveland because they do have a very good pitching staff, even without Bieber. And this prevents them from trading him, uh, at the deadline Uh, Right now, the Minnesota Twins are one game above 500 and in first place by themselves. This is an incredibly winnable division, and I think that having Bieber on the injured list means they won't trade him, which means they're going to go down the stretch still with a shot to win this division.
0: Yeah, with a shot, but... I don't know, if you're the Guardians this year, do you just kind of maybe say, this is not my year with the Beavers going on the injured list. McKenzie's been out your rotation the entire season. Maybe you're not mm-hmm. going into this deadline saying, you know, it's a fire sale. We're trading all our players away. But maybe you just kind of stand pat and just maybe if there's like an old veteran that you have on your roster, that's like, you know what? Let's go send him to a playoff team for this season so he can make a run. And we just kind of stand pat so he can retool in the offseason, just get healthy because this is not our year with the way injuries have been breaking down.
1: I think the exact opposite. And in some way, I don't think they should I don't think they should do a fire sale, nor do I think they should push in all their prospects for a rental. But I do think they should they should treat this like going to the bargain bin at Target. And if there are teams, you know, like the Rockies are gonna have a bunch of players that are probably gonna jettison because you know, players are probably gonna non-tender, or players on the Royals, or players on uh, you know, on Washington, if they What Cleveland, it's funny, Cleveland and the New York Yankees have very similar needs right now. They just need a professional hitter in that lineup. If Cleveland, if the Guardians had just one or two, I'm not talking stars. I'm not talking getting Ronald Acuna Jr. I'm talking, you know, Randall Gritchick is someone I look at, like, put him in the lineup. Mm Mm-hmm. Is he going to cost you your top prospect? Of course not. CJ Cron is not going to top, you know, pick your top prospect. But CJ Cron is a veteran who is capable and say, hey, you're on a contender. Give us two decent months, and and two times, you know, you know, three or four times during the game, his his you know his spot in the lineup will come out, and where he's not an automatic out, and maybe you'll get that little burst of energy. Cleveland needs that desperately because. Even with McKenzie out, even with Bieber out, they've got good pitching. And this is an extraordinarily winnable division. And we've learned the teams that surprise in the postseason a lot of times are the ones that have the pitching depth more than the big sluggers. Look at do I think Cleveland's going to win the World Series this year? No, I don't. But we've seen the last bunch of years, at least in the National League, surprise teams Sort of get through there, and it's usually been because of their pitching depth. So, you know, okay, I think Cleveland. I picked Minnesota to win the division this year, and as of this recording, they're in first place, but they're only a game above five hundred. You don't have to play remarkable baseball to punch your ticket, and you know, at this point, you got to say, well, again, I don't touch any of your top prospects. You're not gonna, you're not gonna try to pull off an Ohtani trade, but. I would also just start going, hey, who wants – who's going to just – who are you going to non-tender, and you're just better off getting a minor leaguer instead of non-tendering and getting nothing? That's what I think they should be doing.
0: Yeah, I actually don't mind that philosophy. Just because look at their roster, that they're so young, they really don't even have like the veteran that you would want to even just like, you know what? It's not our year. We'll just trade him off to go get a piece back. They really even don't even have that guy that's like 35, 36 on their roster that would want to play for a championship team. Like this whole team is like 30 and younger. So I actually don't mind if there's like an impending free agent out there that maybe is struggling a little bit. You know, someone, if this was like Cody Bellinger on the Dodgers last season, if someone like like that was out there you're like you know what he's going to be a free agent he's going to let's go see what you know let's go bring him to cleveland let's see if he could turn it around for a few months let's bring him in the building see what he has and if he can turn it around with a change of scenery then you know what we'll give him a two-year three-year extension for a little money and he can help us build the team for next season to help build that new playoff roster so i actually don't mind that philosophy for cleveland to maybe go out there and look at the rental market for guys that you maybe want to sign to long-term or short-term
1: deals going forward and selfishly, that player may increase their value if they play well down the stretch for a contender. I just, I mean, I, that just has yeah. to be the way that it goes. All right, folks, just a quick little word here. Hey, uh, Millard, what can you tell us about the new fun game of chance that is called Sleeper?
0: Yeah, let me pull up for our YouTube audience. We also got a little ad overlay for you guys because Sleeper is this incredible app. Yeah, guys, if you're trying to win money, Sleeper is this incredible app because... Right now, it's a daily fancy baseball app. You can win 100 times your money on Sleeper because Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for up to an eight-pick contest. You could pick up to eight players or more. Then you could pick their favorite stats they want to bet on, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. If you get your picks right, you can win. Big and I'm also someone that uses sleeper not just for daily fantasy baseball but when the football season rolls around, I also use sleeper for my dynasty football apps. If you look at the YouTube screen right now, Sully's got it pulled up on his screen, he's doing some fantasy baseball. Lane some, Thomas, some Lane Thomas, Lane Thomas, got
1: <laughs> <laughs> a couple hits for the Nats. I got to put it right in there and put my kids to cow, yeah, Sully.
0: Take Lane Thomas, take a little Aaron Judge to go yard, and who knows, you could win big. I use Sleeper. It's probably the best app out there for doing dynasty football. It's got all your roster saved, all your players saved. Look at that. Little Justin Turner. you betting on him, too, to go yard tonight? Oh, Are yeah. you do a little daily fantasy no, baseball with
1: Justin upper Turner? Upper deck. Upper deck.
0: Yeah, upper deck. So if you want to go win some money with Sleeper, use promo code On. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today.
1: I'm going to say this up front. We are recording this on the 16th day of July, 2023. We are recording this before the Angels play their game against Houston. Saturday, the Angels won a bizarre game. It was final score was 13 to 12. Uh, It was a wild uh, slugfest against the Houston Astros. But it was one where the Angels desperately needed to win because I think they were in a six or seven game losing streak at the time. They were an absolute nosedive. Um, But even with that win, the chances of the Angels being even the third wildcard team are really slim. I mean, you think about it, you take a look at the, right now you have the Orioles, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Houston Astros are the Mm -hmm. uh, three American league wildcard teams. The Yankees are, you know, T- you know tapping on the outside looking in uh the Red Sox are about what about three games out at this point so you know they're still a long shot but they're close the the Angels are still floundering around you know you know right now they're at they're still they're a sub 500 team in what is going to soon be late July okay they're not good. all that on the table here's my stance and I want and I want to get your take on this today okay And arguably, before I finish this sentence, the Angels have to do one of two things, because the third option is disastrous. The first option is they have to find out what Otani's number is. As the great comedian Mm -hmm. Jackie Cation say, we've all got a number. What's the number? Tell me what the number is. What's the number that will have you sign right now and you'll stay in Anaheim your great-grandkids can go to law school, everything is taken care of. And if they say, there is no number, we're going to go to free agency, then you have to trade him right now, like to the point where he's already made his last pitching appearance as an angel. Because the closer you get to the deadline, the more risk you have that he may get hurt, and the more risk you have that uh, a deal could fall apart. Because either they have to re-sign him long-term right now, or get something in return because if he doesn't sign long-term right now and he hits free agency there's a better chance that i'm on the angels than shohei otani is next year
0: yeah and he probably should have already gotten the deal done like it's probably too late to do a deal at this point midway you know during the season if you wanted that otani long-term extension i think it would have to have been done before the season once free oh, yes agency i agree i agree ball, yeah 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 there's no chance I think he's coming back to the Angels and you know at the beginning of the season I would have told you the Angels had to do everything to keep Otani right with how the season started you're like you had to put the winning environment around him and everything but as the days goes on as we see them fall in the standings you're like it feels worse and worse the vibes feel worse around Otani returning to LA and as it currently stands I think you have to trade the Angels I mean I just don't want to see the Angels any longer with generational superstars personally I would like to see it all blown up with the angels, trade Otani, go send him to whoever trade Mike Trout too. Because listen, I want to see Mike Trout in a good situation, I want to see him in a winning environment. That man deserves so much more. I feel like the baseball life is just being drained out of Mike Trout. That happiness when it comes to baseball, that joy is being drained out of him. So I want to see both of them maybe do some insane packagery, get the top 40 prospects back from someone else's organization. Both the Trout and Otani. That would probably never happen. But I'm the Angels, they've had they've done such a disservice to their stars to their fans they've had no idea how to build a roster when you have the two greatest players that we've ever seen in the last 20 years it's been really disgusting that we've seen from the angels so Personally, I think it's time for the Angels just to blow it up, trade everyone, do a fire sale and just restart this whole thing. Pretend that you never had the two greatest players in generational history. Pretend that you never had these two transcendent players and just wasted their careers. Because if I'm an Angels fan, I don't even want to remember the Mike Trout era. I don't even want to remember the the o era. The fact that we had these two stars and could do absolutely nothing with them. Just trade them away and let some other team figure out how to build a contending roster with those players.
1: And you made a point I hundred percent agree with that this there is no excuse that we're going we went into this season with this still hanging over the team. They should have done this before the year, but you know, either make the deal or make the deal. But instead, yeah. you know the I'll tell you that you know we can't be Superman and fly around the earth and put time back, okay? And what should have happened going into this year was they should have just cleaned the entire front office out everybody. Cause I can prove in a court of law that this front office has been horrible because he said we've got Otani, we've got trout and you can't even put a mediocre product around them. You need to at least say we got a new GM. We got a new scouting director. We got a new direction. Moving forward, we're going to put a good team around you. But now they're like, yeah, this, you mean the same guys who for the, how long is it? The last six years have had Trout and Otani and that combination has seen, forget a, a World Series title. Have they seen a winning team? Have they been on a team that's been above 500? And when you do wins above replacement, you have those two players whose wins are above replacement by a significant amount, which means everyone else is worse than a replacement player. And going yeah. into this year saying, Hey, we're going to have a different direction. We're not going to win this year. And I'm sorry. Halo brothers at locked on angels. You do They do a great job on their show. But when I started the year and I said, I don't see any change with this team. I don't see why this team is a contender. And they're like, Oh, they've improved this. They've improved that. They've improved this. They've improved that. Here we are. It's mid July. And the angels are sellers. And again, the Angels make piles of money. The angels are a very profitable franchise. They have a very good fan base. they have very good attendance. They make a lot of money on their television package. They're actually you know people give them guff, but they're, they the fans support that team. And they yeah. have they have these two great stars, but you know, he's going to walk. You've got the Mets have an angry fan base. The Yankees have an angry fan base. Cubs have an angry fan base. The Giants want to splash. The Dodgers want to splash. Seattle has a restless fan base. Baltimore's on the verge of something. By the way, Baltimore is the team that I think, and I made this point. I think they're the team the Angels should be talking to because the the Orioles have a ton of outstanding prospects. And even if Otani is just a rental, what it will mean for that franchise to potentially win a World Series this year, which I think they suddenly, I think they'll pass. Tampa if they had Otani and I wow. think would be the, cause they are only two games back right now. Yeah, and if cool. they had Otani, they would suddenly become the favorite to win the American league pennant. And even if Otani skedaddles, what that would mean for that franchise and everything like that to finally went to get back to the world series, put a world series in Camden yards and maybe Otani would be like, Hey, wait a minute, this is a great baseball city. I could fall in love with this. I think they're the team that they should be talking to. The Yankees don't have the trade chips to pull this off. If they would those trade chips would already be on the major league roster. The Mets don't have the trade chips to pull this off. The Cubs don't have the trade chips to pull this off. And I don't think Seattle has the trade chips to pull this off. I think you'll have the Orioles will have to get but like like can't miss All-Star prospects. And I think you're, there are more of those in Baltimore than any other organization right now. And if you'll say, oh, we trade away these prospects, yes, but we got Shohei Otani and a legitimate chance to go to the World Series, you make that trade. You know, if you yeah. know well, how many they'll he- bring in.
0: Yeah, it depends how many teams, a lot of the teams with the best prospects, maybe they're not in the best position to win, even if they got Shohei Ohtani, or maybe they don't even want to give up the amount of prospect that it would take to get Shohei Ohtani. And they would also have to ask themselves, once we acquire Shohei Ohtani, is that with knowing he's going to sign with us long-term or do we still have to play the free agency game? Are we getting... Otani with his intent to sign with us long term because you can't trade for him and still let him hit the open market and still let him walk. If you're trading for Otani, you have to know he's okay staying with you long term because there's some other teams I could mention in terms of the prospects that they could give up to the Angels, could make a play like a team like my team, the Arizona Dimebacks. They have more than enough young talent to go get Otani, but I don't think they would do it. One, because I don't think they would probably pony up the money. And two, because I don't know if Otani would want to stay in Arizona long term for that kind of deal. So it is going to be kind of tough to find a team that has both the the amount of prospects like a team like the Yankees like you mentioned would love Otani but their farm system always sucked and you also don't know how the Angels evaluate other teams farm systems like maybe they do actually like whoever the Yankees have in their farm system I don't even know but it all depends on how Angel scouts and evaluators also see other teams and when I also just think about this Angels franchise throughout the Otani-Mike Trout era, just the other thing that kind of gets me upset, it just maybe like, when I look at some of their weaknesses, maybe the lack of just overall spending when it comes to that team because I don't know the financials of that owner. Like, every owner in Major League Baseball makes money. But when you look at who they actually pay, of course, Mike Trout makes money. But outside of that, like, you're paying Anthony Rendon $35 million, But you look at the last decade, like, it's Albert Pujols. It's the Rendons. You got a little CJ Wilson's in there. But you're not really... Yeah, Josh Hamilton, like you haven't spent a ton of money, but that was all like a deck. That was literally all in one summer. when you got like the holes, the Hamilton and the CJ Wilsons. And then since then, you spent money on uh, Anthony Rendon. Like if I'm the Angels and you talk about cleaning office, uh, like clean that front, cleaning the front office. What I would have wanted to see is you bring in a super aggressive ultra GM like the Dave Dombrowski type who comes in. He blows up your farm system. He goes out and yeah. acquires the Chris Sales of the world goes out there spends money in free agency and you just do what the Phillies have done the Rangers have done the Mets have done the last couple of years where maybe it does work out maybe it doesn't cause we've seen the hit or misses with the case studies of the Mets and the Phillies and the Rangers where maybe that first year isn't good or maybe that second year isn't good but at least you're spending money and pulling talent on the field and building the best roster possible because guess what just just doing these number four starters as your aces in your rotation behind the Otanis haven't worked out I will at least seen a GM in a front office be super aggressive knowing you have these two generational talents we're going to go out there we're going to try to do the aj preller method and get as many stars as possible in the la angels it's not like this is a team in the middle of ohio this oh. is still i mean they're they're not la but they're they're close they're anaheim they're still in california they're still so yeah, close. But- so this is still a great destination for any superstar i think it's crazy that they haven't added more talent spend more money during the offseason or gotten more aggressive in the trade market sully and i will continue that conversation on shohei otani but first Don't forget to catch every d pitch on the Hometown Broadcast when you download the series XM app and search up Diamondbacks.
1: Well it's also they've had the trout era is over a decade old and you should be at yeah. this point be able to build a pitching staff through your farm system. Now I now, I it's worth noting of course that over the last decade and a half the the you know the angels had two deaths of young pitchers. And Nick Aidenhart died in, yeah. I think it was 2009. Tyler Skaggs died in 2019. I mean, if they had had those two young pitchers would have developed into fine pitchers on the roster. I don't know the answer to that. Neither do you, but even in the wake of those two tragedies, that's still more than enough time to build a pitching staff build one through your farm system, yeah. build one through scouting. This is why I say they have the thing that would have made over the off season to say, show, Hey, guess what? We got all new people running it. We're going to put a good product on the field. And I, you know, I, I personally believe I, I, I keep fluctuating between a couple of teams. My instinct says he's going to go to the Mets. Part of me thinks he's going to go to the Cubs and part of me thinks there's a team we're not thinking about, like San Francisco or Seattle, who's going to swoop in. San Francisco certainly wants to make a splash. But the nightmare scenario for the Angels, I think, may unfold, which is they'll get nothing. They'll get a compensation pick draft, you know, uh, a supplemental pick. But for this generational talent, they'll get someone who might be a decent you know, utility infielder. Because um, I don't trust the scouting department to draft well. They've had over a decade to draft <laughs> well. You know, so I I don't. That, it's sad, but I think he's got. I think he's good as gone. And if he is good as gone, get the best player you possibly can. You'll never replace his value. But you got to try something. Yeah,
0: because that's one of the issues. Yeah, that's one of the issues with the Mike Trout era. Is when you think of Mike Trout and his whole time with the Angels, who's his partner in crime during that that was developed by the Angels? The guy you're like, okay, it's Mike Trout and this guy taking your team. Like, yeah, there's no core with the Angels outside of Mike Trout. Like, at least when you think about, you know, the Red Sox pre all the trades, like you had your triple B's of these homegrown guys and the Yankees when they were winning all their stuff. And even the Dodgers, they always like, you think of all these great teams in Major League Baseball, they have cores that were homegrown. And develop other systems. whether they just
1: have Mike Trout. I mean, think about like when you know the Giants had they had Buster Posey, who was their MVP, but they all had Pablo Sandoval, they had Brandon Belt, they had you know Crawford. They would trade for the Scooter or They would trade for the Hunter Pence's of the world. But they had you know they developed the rotation with Lincecum, homegrown. You would have your core at least. Yeah, Lincecum, Baumgartner, Kane. You know, Johnson Sanchez one year, Jake Peavy another year, Brian Wilson out of the pen one year, Castilla another year, Sergio Romo. They had a they had a phenomenal bullpen, you know, Affelt and, and Javier Lopez and all them. But you saw there was a group of players who they could always turn to that, you know, OK, Belt, I could always turn to Belt. I know I could turn to, you know, come come postseason time. You know, Sandoval, you know, turned into a big star. Um There's, you're right. Who is the the go to second baseman? Who is the go to who flanks, you know, Trout on either side in the outfield? It's they've had they've had a they've had a generation to do this, and they they haven't pulled it off.
0: Yeah, because we talk about the lack of the rotation, but just the lack of development anywhere on the roster that just been awful for the Angels
1: Uh, and (laughs) the pitching's part of that. It's astonishing.
0: That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for part two with Sully Baseball, where we discuss some of the issues of streaming and sports. I give my favorite Otani conspiracy. I'll also discuss what it would take for the D-backs to go after Shohei Otani. And we'll also discuss some of the D-backs struggles in their last 25 games or so, specifically against above 500 teams. So come back for more Dimebacks news coverage insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. If you do listen every day, put hashtag every day, in the comment section on youtube and as always stay safe stay healthy doses